hockey fans, are you ready to brave the wild with me, your host, Paladino Joey, or Joey Awajan? Brave the Wild is available on all of your favorite podcasting apps, and of course, also on the Hockey Podcast Network. I thank Dylan and Kyle for uh, having me on board that incredible network, so thank you again, always there. Sponsored by DraftKings, of course. Well, thank you once and always for downloading and listening to the show. It is a great pleasure to be back at with you once again today. The Minnesota Wild played three games this past week, and, well, all losses. Yeah, well, that's that's all you need to know. They they lost. They lost, and that's it. So, game over. Oh, well, basically, that's basically what it felt like, though. Getting swept by the Winnipeg Jets. The injuries piling up like, gosh, worse than the Vikings. Gosh, I mean, I'm, uh, I don't even want to think about it. I'll, I Maybe I shouldn't compare the two, but, well, <laughs> this week felt like a Minnesota Vikings uh, week out there. Like the way this Minnesota Vikings team has played, like, say, against the Packers on New Year's Eve. That was depressing. Choking their butts off against the um, Detroit Lions the week before, fumbling against Denver. Check out the Purple Mafia show, or podcast, whatever, whenever you'd like to check that out if you could. But sorry for the free plug. I just, yeah, I know. It's probably nothing you want to hear at this point, right? Just a bunch more frustration, guys being hurt, being uh, limited, and oftentimes choking opportunities away as well. Uh, And just players being out there that probably don't deserve to be out there. The John Merrills, the Goligoskis, you know. The Nick Mullins, the Josh Dubbs, and others out there for the Vikings. Yeah, it's extremely frustrating. And, uh, of course, uh, Jaron Hall, who uh, was in way over his head, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I don't know. This was a lousy week. Absolutely lousy. Getting swept by Winnipeg, it's like, I was like, oh, let's go for the sweep. And then <laughs> my, my, my brother's father-in-law, David Kostick, on Minnesota Wild Global said, Let's at least go for this, or yeah, let's let's talk about a split for now. Let's let let's get one win for now, and then we end up getting swept. So, yeah, terrific. Uh, Kirill Kaprizov injured in the game. This was on the thirtieth, of course. It was a back to back in Winnipeg, and then at St. Paul. Also, speaking of St. Paul, the uh, well, the city of St. Paul and Minneapolis have been awarded the uh, World Junior Classics for twenty twenty six. Well, that's the good news. So 3M Classic, that's where the Gophers, you know, or 3M at Mariucci is, sounds a little better. 3M at Mariucci, 3M Classic, that sounds like an event. Uh, at Mariucci, that's the Minneapolis side. St. Paul, of course, would be the Exile Energy Center. At least I would hope so, right? No, it is. So World Junior Classics 2026, that might be it for the good news. Other than, like, Faber and Rossi continue to play well, uh, the Wild lose. Philip Gustafson and Kirill Kaprizov against the Winnipeg Jets in the 4-2 to loss. A game that started ugly early, and, well, the Wild kind of kind of got back into it and then just sim- simply did not win. That's just all there is to say about that. They just simply didn't win. Made it 3-2, to two, and then Ak- Axel Johnson, <laughs> yeah, A-J-F, let's just call him that, <laughs> got, the four, got his second goal of the season. Um... <laughs> I thought it was Dominic Tornado. No, I'm just kidding. Toninato and Morgan Barron. There we go. Morgan Barron. At least I can pronounce that. Yeah. Um, Kirill Kaprizov would get his 21st assist on Boldy's 11th goal. 
20 seconds into the third period and think, here we go. We got a shot at this. We got a shot at this after Nino Niederreiter had scored twice against the Minnesota Wild. Kaprizov, not long after that, would be cross-checked twice by Mr. Dillon of the Winnipeg Jets. First one, he got up. Everything's okay. It probably hurt, but, you know, he's going to continue playing. The second one is like, oh, hey, whoa, hold on there a little bit. That was, that was a little harsh, and, uh, I just don't understand. Like, what's the point? Do you have to do that garbage? So, of course you do. That would be Brendan Dillon, big, big, big goon of the uh, Winnipeg Jets. Winnipeg Jets make you want to hate them. They remind me so much of the Vancouver Canucks about 20 years ago, where they were kind of dirty, they were rough, they were, you know, just a just an annoying team to play against. You hated them with a passion, that kind of thing. Like, they're basically what the Vancouver Canucks were. It's like the same kind of vibe, and it's probably going to stay that way for a very long time because they're close, their fans are close and everything. Like, Winnipeg didn't exist at the time. They had uh, relocated to the um, the original Winnipeg Jets, had relocated to Phoenix, Arizona to become the Coyotes way back in 97. After not moving to Minneapolis, they were going to be the Minneapolis Jets in uh, Target Center, possibly. Maybe there'd be a name change, who knows. Uh, I still remember that quite well in the mid-90s, and then it just didn't happen. The Whalers didn't move to Minneapolis, of course, or anything like that, which, you know, I would have been sad to take the Whalers, even though I love the Whalers, at least we would have them, but, you know, still, it'd be interesting if we kept the name. <laughs> there's a lot of whales here in Minnesota. There, there's a lot, you know, I mean, no, there's none. <laughs> so, yeah, that was back in the day. That kind of triggered a memory there. Apologize. But, uh, obviously, triggering memories of uh, Donald Brashear and such. Um, Yeah. Let's not think about Marty McSorley. Let's think about what, what a kind of a goon Donald Brashear truly was at the end of the day. Now that we can uh, get off that part of history, the Marty McSorley side, and think about what Brashear was a goon. There's no doubt about that. Uh, Todd Bertuzzi was a goon, but a very talented one before he, you know, I don't know, started getting hurt a lot and also, again, was suspended for a calendar year. That certainly didn't help his uh, hockey skills and such. He kind of lost it after that. He wasn't too good anymore, but a hell of a player when he was good. Um, Nino Niederreiter scoring twice, that was really frustrating. Was it the second goal? Which, uh, yeah, I believe it was uh, Nino Niederreiter's second goal. John Merrill looked like, he looked like, I don't know, he looked like my mom trying to push a, uh, trying to help push a trailer when we were pushing uh, the, the lawnmower trailer to put it away for the winter. Just kind of going, like with her arms, but not really even touching it hardly. Uh, well, okay, John Merrill was, was touching um, you know, need a writer, but wasn't doing a heck of a lot else. It was really weird. So, uh, yeah, John Merrill, again, looking like a stud defenseman in, uh, peewee hockey, maybe. I don't know. Um, not too good. Not too good at all. And obviously the complaints continue about those two guys. Uh, those two guys, you know who they are. If you, if you've been watching the wild the last couple of years, maybe Goligoski and Merrill. Well, yeah. Luckily they haven't been paired together anymore. Cause that's pretty much like, you know, Olay, <laughs> pretty much. I think you get the point there. Uh, yeah, but Kaprizov, my uh, personal diagnosis would be bruised ribs, bruised ribs, because they talked about week to week, uh, maybe like one to maybe like two weeks or something like that, approximately. See, like it could be broken, but I think it's bruised, and bruised ribs are insanely painful. It happened to me before. It is, uh, yeah, it and it takes time. It takes about a month to heal. Uh, so when they're saying like two weeks, yeah, that's definitely not a broken rib, but yeah, bruised ribs take, take about as long to heal as a broken bone because it's, you know, especially if it's real bad. So, um, yeah, let's just say I landed on concrete slipping on ice and like the concrete was raised, the part that hit the ribs. 
it's a miracle something didn't break somewhere. But um, yeah, stuff like that. It hurts forever. It's hard to sleep even. It's it's brutal. And there's probably a lot of you out there that have had something similar in the past. So that's my personal diagnosis. Obviously, they're not going to say anything because that's just how they are. Um, and then Gustafson, lower body injury, and then, you know, week to week as well. So it's like um, that would be guys like, uh, I don't know, is it, <laughs> are we going to see... Uh, are we going to see the backup goalie in Iowa? Are we going to see whoever? So that's the insanely uh, scary part when it comes to the Minnesota Wild uh, and the goaltending position because Marc-Andre Fleury is not necessarily somebody you want to count on on a nightly basis anymore. We're kind of past that, unfortunately. That would be McIntyre. Uh, he is up with Minnesota at the moment, and the talk is, like, why would you bring up Volstead or Jesper Wallstad or Jesper Volstead is what I've been heard from Michael Russo, of all people, on one of his shows, that... Um, yeah, it's hard to say. It's it's like, you know, like, uh, would you really want to bring him up? And he'd been injured for a short time as well. You know, they got to see Hunter Jones in that once, at least so far. I guess he's still with Iowa now due to, you know, injuries and such. It's the domino effect of this guy's hurt, so now we get people moving all over, you know, and such. It's a domino effect of the goalie position. This guy moves up, and now this team's shorthanded, and this guy moves up, and this team's shorthanded. And this guy's hurt, and th this team is short. That's where it started from. Um, but Hunter Jones gave up six goals for Iowa. We'll talk about Iowa in the second segment, as you, as per usual. But it's kind of more assessing injuries more than anything else here on this episode, uh, if, if you want to get topical, other than the fact that the White lost all three games in, in disappointing fashion. The team just didn't look good. Boldy, I mean, yeah, he needs to step up. Yeah, he did score in the uh, third period to make it 3-2, to two, but pretty much after that, Boldy pretty much... I don't know. It hasn't been all so great. Uh, Vinny Letary's out. Jared Spurgeon's going to be <laughs> in the next, you know, <laughs> by the by the uh, Calgary game, excuse me. And, yeah, well, I'll have something to say about him very shortly. It was nice to have him back for three games, and he wasn't that good. That's the whole thing. It's like he wasn't kind of back in the swing of things or anything like that. And, I don't know, I don't think Spurgeon's been really good all season. I don't know. I don't think he was all that great last year either. But he's the captain, you know, he's the captain, and, and he's Mr. Everything. Is he, though? Is he the best penalty killer on the team? Is he? Uh, should he be on the number one power play, you know, on a regular basis? No and no, in my opinion. If it's up to me, it should be a certain other guy. You can probably guess who. The guy who was on it when Spurgeon was out. And, of course, Brodeen's uh, been out as well, obviously, with a broken bone in his hand or wrist, and that sucks. So, yeah. That means more and more Goligoski and Merrill. It's freaking awesome. I mean, aren't you excited? You get to see Goligoski and Merrill. Even if they are split up, but they're still having them in the lineup sucks. Uh, yeah, it's it's back to Middleton favor. There's no doubt about that. Goligoski with Bogosian, Mermis, and Merrill. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. There's one guy for sure that I'm a fan of. The rest of them, I don't know. Bogosian's adequate, but he's limited. Goligoski? Okay, do, do I need to say anything? Merrill, do I need to say anything? Mermis? It's okay, but, you know, he's, he is what he is. And Middleton, obviously, decent, pretty good, above average most of the time, but I thought he had a, for, you know, I might as well just say it. I thought he had a shitty week. I thought he had a terrible week, Middleton. Um, one of the goals given up was at the second game. He was, got you know, getting kind of pushed backwards, and the puck went off his skate. It was kind of like a backwards kick into the net. So, I don't know, man. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, you look at the lineup, Nick Batan, nice to see him getting opportunities. And on the second line, interesting with Hartman and Rossi, 
Hmm. Atkins centering the top line to Johansson Boldy. Goudreau with Lucini and Maroon because even Letary's out. And Connor DeWer, Brandon DeHame, and Sammy Walker. Kind of like, sounds like a really glorified Iowa line, but then again, they're good though. They were all in Iowa at some point. An extended period for some of those guys. And yeah, I mean, this would, be an, this would have been an elite line in Iowa when you consider those two, uh, those three guys. But Sammy Walker deserves an opportunity. He definitely has been playing so much better in Iowa. It's, it'd be nice to see Sammy break through. It really would and become an NHL player. Uh, Vinny pretty much was an NHL player this year for the most part. It was pretty good. That'd be Vinny Letary. Yeah, well, I'll get off the cousin thing. Uh, <laughs> but anyhow, the Wild lose to Winnipeg in this one. Kaprizov injured with what I, what I believe are bruised ribs. And Gustafson, I have no freaking idea. An ankle or a knee. I'm just guessing. Literally guessing on that one. But it's probably what it is. You know, something like that. Ankle or knee situation. Something you wouldn't want to, you know, like a sprain of some sort where it takes time to heal. It's just my personal guess when it comes to Gustafson. But Kaprizov, you saw where. So, uh, you know, like kind of upper body or like lower upper body. Might be abdomen, actually. But, but it's like the rear. So, yeah, that's like ribs back there and such. So that's definitely like a bruise. And if it's like maybe a slight crack, I don't know. But cracks take time, uh, take longer to heal than generally. Uh, like bruises are the, you kind of play through it. You kind of play through the pain thing eventually after it subsides a little bit, maybe a week or two. So we'll move on from that. Uh, the next game, yeah, I don't even want to get into it. It's so depressing and frustrating. The Wild actually led in this game one to nothing. But after that, Winnipeg would tie it up and take the lead. The Wild did have a goal disallowed for offsides. Sounds familiar around these parts. Sounds way too familiar. Adam Lowry would score. I believe that was the one. Yes, that was the one where the puck went off of um, um, Mr. Middleton skate. Freddie Goudreau only his third goal of the season. But that was a good one. Generally speaking, Nick Baton would get his first assist in the NHL this season. Nice. Uh, those guys have been playing together. Johansson, Baton, and Goudreau, at least in that situation, before more players get hurt. Jeez, um, not, not a single Winnipeg player had the 10th goal of the season in this one, and obviously neither wild player. Felino getting his 6th, Goudreau getting his 3rd. I don't know, it's just... Marc-Andre Fleury was, was adequate in that, but the play in front of him wasn't so great. Brassard was decent, obviously only giving up 2 goals. Uh, the Wild couldn't muster a point, couldn't get it to OT or any type of uh, shootout or anything crazy like that. Goudreau did wind up with two points, so credit to him there. But, yeah, and Spurgeon also, you know, kind of chipping in assists slowly but surely. But overall, again, he's definitely been inferior to what he'd been previously. Him being Jared Spurgeon, only five assists on the season and no goals, of course, in only 16 games. That is 20 games missed already. Yep, 36 games is the maximum for the guys like Faber and Johansson. Let's knock on wood just saying that number and those names. Especially a certain one. <laughs> a certain outstanding rookie. Um, yes. <laughs> uh, gosh, you know, Jake Milton has 13 points. So yeah, he had been having a good season. It's just he had a terrible week. Just bottom line, he had a terrible week. He, he did. Like, easily his worst week of the season so far, to say the least. Um, generally speaking. <sighs> winnable game for the most part, but again, no Kaprizov, no Gustafson, and of course Gustafson, we're going to have to wait and see what's going to happen. Like, um, it might be McIntyre in that at some point. Maybe Volstead, 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 but we'll see what happens um, with that, but oof. 
this was this was depressing to say the least. Just another, mm, just chalk it up again. I mean, Julius Eck unfortunately hasn't been mustering points. Uh, generally speaking, we could use a little help from him, I suppose. He's been quiet a little bit in the points department, but he's been good in most everything else. Sorry, this is dragging longer than I thought. But, of course, a lot of topics to get to with the injuries and such. Um, generally speaking, again, they're becoming uh, unbearable. These losses definitely can't fall on Hines. So now as we head to the Calgary game, Jared Spurgeon would wind up uh, not playing after a while. He would, yeah, he'd be out there. He'd get hurt during the game. So on and so forth. Um, why is this in the wrong place? Yeah, but yeah, we, we turn the we turn the calendar now to 2024. Happy New Year! Yeah, I know it's it's a uh, it's really happy. It's what's happy and what's new about it. That's what I'd like to know. I've wondered that the, my, pretty much most of my life. But uh, I'll get off of that rant, that miniature rant anyway. Uh, I don't know this game again. Ah, just you know, felt like. I don't know. What did it feel like? It just felt like a game that wasn't going well pretty much early and often. The Wild were slow. Kind of looked like the same old thing. Yep, the Wild were slow, generally speaking. Off to a slow start and all that. The Baton and uh, Maroon goal was pretty, luckily. Uh, but then again, kind of a bounce as well. But Rossi would also get the second assist. So happy to get Rossi as a factor in that case. Maroon, again, he's been consistent, been solid most of the year. Obviously not as much of an offensive guy as he was at the beginning. Happens a lot that the big guys score a lot of points early in the season. Like, you know, like Ryan Reeves led the, uh, uh, one, uh, years ago, what was it, their third year in the league, the uh, Vegas Golden Knights. They were offensively off to an insanely slow, slow start, and Ryan Reeves led them in scoring like three weeks into the season. It was really weird and funny. Ryan Reeves, are you kidding? So it's kind of like the fast start with Pat Maroon, but obviously overall a pretty good year for Minnesota, Pat Maroon. Uh, Nick Patan and Maroon also, again, really nice passing skills back and forth, wound up with a goal for Maroon as Patan's shot kind of deflected off the goaltender but set up Maroon for a gimme. Uh, so that was the only positive thing in this game other than, again, Marc-Andre Fleury played outstanding. He was outstanding in that. The third goal was, a, again, a 3-1 to one loss. The third goal was a uh, empty netter down the stretch. Jacob Markstrom was fantastic. So I don't know if Markstrom's Hall of Fame category someday in his career many years later from now, but we'll have to wait and see on that. But uh, two goalies, kind of, it was, it was like a pitcher's duel for the most part. The Wild did pepper Markstrom as the game wore on, but it felt like Calgary pretty much had the upper hand at the beginning. And that ended up being enough at the end of the day. Um, almost everybody was a minus in this game. Freddie Goudreau was a plus. He's had a pretty good week, I thought. Freddie Goudreau. You don't really think of Goudreau in positive lights all too much this season. But Nick Patan has been pretty good so far. Again, and uh, some people thinking he should be a guy that should have a shot to stick around in the NHL when uh, Vinny Letary comes back, possibly. Um, patan has been pretty, pretty damn good in Iowa the last two years, honestly. Lucini, I'm not sure a whole lot. I'm not sure what he offers for the most part. I think he's more of the quad A category. He's he's a nice hockey player, generally speaking, but is he NHL material? I don't know. I think Walker is. At least he should be. Beckman, I'm just, I don't know. I, I don't know. Eventually, it's like bleep or get off the pot, that type of thing with Beckman. It's like, come on, man, let's go at the end of the day. Come on. <laughs> Come on, Adam. Let's go. Let's see what you can do. Uh, that type of thing. That's a Jack Morris line years ago, talking about a certain Twins pitcher, um, closer at the time. But um, <clears throat> Ryan Harmon also, again, suspended the, or not suspended, fined, uh, a little under five grand for 
hitting um getting uh Cole Berfetti in the face of the stick. Sorry for the uh, sorry for being late on that one. And basically was mic'd up and said, "Sorry, that's for Kirill. You know, sorry about that, that type of thing." So that's kind of funny how that wound up. And then, so it's a little bit of that retaliation type of thing. Uh, you know, some people think that shouldn't be in hockey. Some people think it should. Do I have really much of an opinion on it? I don't know. I wish people would stop going after star players on both sides of the equation. Generally speaking, I guess that's my overall opinion. Just. Just play the game. Stop injuring people. Damn it. So I, I just think it's dumb and bush league at the end of the day. So um, luckily for Winnipeg, their player's going to keep playing. Ours, we don't know. We don't know when he's going to come back. So we don't know. It's a pain tolerance type of thing, in my humble opinion. I don't think it's a, uh, a break, but I guess what do I know? Just from my opinion. It didn't look like that would break bones, but maybe. Uh, definitely bruised, yes. And bruises suck, and they take a long time to heal. So, especially on the bone. Let me tell you about bone bruises. So, that's all you... <laughs> so, there's that. Um, but no, Spurgeon. Hurt in this game and going back to IR. Are you kidding me? Are you bleeping kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? All right, here are my thoughts. Jared Spurgeon, should he still be the captain of this team? I mean, is, is it okay to question that? I think it is at this point, and it was brought up on last week's episode uh, in the fan interaction segment. It was brought up, and I thought it was a good question. I thought it was legit, and I I don't know. I I really don't. I I I I think there should be conversation at the Wild look in a different direction for the captain. Yes, I'm already saying it, but what did you expect? What is he 34 already, and he's hurt all the bleeping time. It's all the time. It was he was hurt all the time last year. He was hurt all the time the year before. There's always something. And I know it's hockey, it's a brutal sport, and guys get hurt, and there's freak injuries. But, you know, like a puck, it hits you in the face. Maybe you get a broken jaw suddenly, and you're out forever. That type of thing. Crazy things happen. You know, broken fingers. You know, you're out for like a month plus. That type of thing happens. But, at the you know, at the same time, the guy's always hurt. It's constant. It's always something with Jared Spurgeon and... First of all, if you're not there, I don't know. And obviously, again, he's becoming limited. He's becoming he's becoming limited to a point where I, I don't think he's as good as he used to be. I don't... Okay, he's 33. My apologies, but he, he looks like he's 38, frankly. He looks like he's 38 this year most of the time. Physically, he doesn't physically look like it, like his face. He looks much younger, but... <laughs> but, you know, his style of... Yeah, he's, he's definitely slowed down, and I don't know. Something's missing from Jared Spurgeon. I think at very least he should be in a, uh, I don't know. That's the thing. Like, who should be the captain? I think in the future it's Faber, almost certainly. I can even, like, rattle off possible uh, possibilities as captains in the future. Like, say, the whole group, the whole trio. Like, say, okay, fine, we keep Caprice up as an alternate. But then the captain becomes either Erickson Eck or Brock Faber. Uh, one of them becomes the alternate, the other's the main captain. And right now, I think if you were going to completely change and move the C to somebody else at some point this year or next. Probably not this year, but like next year or something. I mean, just because, you know, it'd be weird to change it during the middle of the season, but I don't know. Maybe they maybe they should, because the guy never plays. The guy never plays. Erickson Eck. Right now, Erickson Eck, I think. Because, like, Faber, he's, he's a rookie. That's kind of tough, but I suppose it does happen once in a blue moon where a rookie could become a captain real early. Like, <laughs> but, um, that's a, that's insanely rare. But I think right now, yeah, I mean, that's what I'd be leaning towards. 
I still remember being happy seeing that A on Spurgeon's chest in the past. But, oh, cool, that's a good idea. Yeah, like when people like Dumba or whoever, like a, a Dumba, Brodine, or even Koivu would get hurt. There has to be like a new alternate, at least during the time the guy's out. <clears throat> and then, um, well, like Brodine was never an uh, alternate, just his replacement. But, you know, like guys getting hurt, like a, a Parisi Studer or um, Koivu. Oh, God, those names. <laughs> Great history at times, but extreme frustrations as well. But yeah, you'd see Spurgeon with the alternate, and then you'd, you'd feel good about it. Like, yeah, there you go. That's a good idea, especially as we go forward. He should be like one of the captains someday. And, and then they end up giving him the flat-out C, and it's like, hmm, are you sure? I don't want to give the captain to Felino. I think he's too out of control, especially for somebody who's over 30, and he's, and he's still out of control like that. He still flies off the handle and such. I don't think that's a captain. I don't know. And most people would be like, really? Are you sure? Well, there's nothing wrong with him still being an alternate. So for, for me, it would probably be like if you want to look towards the future, like a younger guy who's experienced and established himself with this team, and he represents the Wild in a lot of ways, Jewel Erickson Eck. That's, that's who I would probably lean towards if it was me. If, like, say, gun to my head, who would I pick today um, and, and not picking Marcus Foligno? It would be Jewel Erickson Eck. <clears throat> Long term, it's probably Faber, and I could imagine Marco Rossi with an A. So the, those are the three guys I'm looking towards if the Minnesota Wild <clears throat> completely started over with three different captains. Like, imagine you could just completely reset, and I think one day it's going to end up that way where it's those three, which where it's three guys of uh, Faber's the captain, Eck and Rossi will wear the alternates. Eck and Rossi will wear the alternates, and maybe a possible Boldy at some point, especially if somebody gets hurt, but... Boldy possibly might be one of the alternates, but Eck has to be one of the two, I think. Like, Rossi, we'll see. But I can imagine him getting it, because in a lot of ways, <clears throat> I think he sets a, for somebody at his age, uh, at his young age of 21, he sets a pretty good example out there for a uh, to, to play, like, a two-way game. And he does have 23 points on the year. That's good. He's, he's productive as well. So it's not all about stats and all that and being, like, the best player on the team, but... <clears throat> to also still to contribute, though, to not be a guy who's kind of way at the bottom. Not sure. Not sure they should be your main captain or even an alternate at times as well. So experience is important in this and that, and Spurgeon definitely has that. But if he's hurt all the time, I'm not sure where to go with it. So that's kind of like you could, in a lot of ways, could say kind of the hot take, the big topic of this episode. Uh, Wallstead, yeah, we'll talk about him, Wallstead. <laughs> coming up or not, uh, that's brought up in the fan interaction segment, but uh, yeah, F Faber and Rossi, Rossi are the main positives this season, along with Erickson Eck, and those are the guys. Could that be the new captain course someday? That's probably where I would lean, honest to God, that's probably where I would lean, is those three guys. Uh, like, I, again, if there was a complete reset, like say two or three years from now, I can imagine those three being your captains, with Faber with the C, Rossi and Eck with the A's, but again, if there was an immediate change, it would be Erickson Eck. Because I don't think you can give Faber the captain today. An alternate? Sure, you probably could. It's risky a little bit. It's risky not because I don't think he can do it, but it might be kind of weird like for other other players on the team who have been here and he's like brand new still. So that type of conversation. So those are my quote-unquote hot takes, I guess, in this episode. A little bit longer one, even though it's only three games and two of them against the same team, but obviously two two different games and two different things happening. With that said, we're going to take a quick break, come back, and preview 
It's four games, but two of them against Dallas. Oh, goody. Get your brooms out, Dallas. I hope not. I hope not. Hopefully we don't get the brooms out for that one, too. But Unless it's us doing the bro- doing the sweeping. But mm. <laughs> with that said, again, so, yes, we're going to hear from DraftKings. Uh, preview segment. Uh, the Of course, the prospects conversation with some positive conversation there, of course. And then fan interaction. Sound good? Sound good? I think so. Here on Brave the Wild, segment number two, we're going to look at the upcoming games, but first we're going to hear from DraftKings right here and right now. Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. As hockey continues, thankfully, we don't have any more holidays or this or that to (laughs) shut the games off. We're going to go with the puck line here. If you want the puck line or the money line, let's go with the puck line. What the heck? (laughs) Buffalo Sabres, Montreal Canadiens. I don't know Buffalo. Why are they struggling so much? I don't know. They're they're fa- they're they're not favored against Montreal. I suppose it's a a road game anyway. Plus one seventy for Buffalo. Minus two hundred five for Montreal. Columbus Blue Jackets at the Flyers. Columbus. Hmm. Minus one forty eight. Columbus. Okay, I get it. It's backwards. Yeah, it's different. I mean, it's different than the money line. Uh, Columbus minus one forty eight. Philadelphia is a plus one twenty four. Pittsburgh Penguins and Boston Bruins. Ooh, Pittsburgh Penguins minus 198. Boston Bruins 164. Boston's been struggling, but they we'll see if they take care of business versus the Pittsburgh Penguins. Chicago Blackhawks and Rangers. Ooh, but Patrick Kane's not on either team anymore. Chicago plus 124. New York Rangers minus 148. Tampa Bay Lightning at the Minnesota Wild. Tampa Bay Lightning a plus 185. The Wild minus 125. Ooh. <laughs> wow. Wild are in trouble, aren't we? <laughs> Vancouver Canucks visiting St. Louis, plus 170 for Vancouver, who are excellent this year. St. Louis Blue is minus, one two, uh, minus 205. That might sound better. Ooh, epic matchup. Epic matchup. Big one. Uh, Colorado Avalanche, minus uh, 238. Dallas Stars hosting it, plus 195. Dale Green Flames, minus 245. Nashville, plus 200. The visiting New York Islanders plus two zero five. Arizona Coyotes hosting minus two fifty. Mm. Seattle Kraken hosting Ottawa. Ottawa is minus two thirty. <clears throat> Seattle's plus one ninety. Florida Panthers at Vegas. Hmm. Florida. Yep. Rematch of the Stanley Cup final. Huh. Loved it. Loved that series just because Vegas won. Uh, plus one ninety five for Florida. Vegas is minus two thirty eight. Detroit Red Wings, minus 155 at Los Angeles, who are plus 130. Winnipeg Jets, minus, this is an epic battle. Well, no, it isn't, but minus 102. San Jose Sharks hosting, minus 118. Interesting, interesting to say the least. So, uh, yeah, that is your uh, matchups going into this one. 
Download the app now and use code THPN. That's the Hockey Podcast Network, of course. New customers get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 in hockey. That's code THPN, only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. And they are, which is awesome. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after uh, issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net in New York. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY, which is 467369. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. <clears throat> Please play responsibility, responsibly anyway, on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Toronto, uh, Ontario. Yeah, which is Toronto's part of Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions. Terms and respons- uh, responsible gambling resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2024 or 2023, as they'll say here, all rights reserved. So thank you so much, DraftKings. So, four games to preview. Four, four. Yep, Tampa Bay Lightning, Columbus Blue Jackets, and Dallas Stars twice. Hmm. <laughs> this one's at Excel Energy Center. Historically, the Wild have had success against this Tampa Bay team for some reason. It's funny. The Wild could be sucking real bad. Tampa could be like the best team in the league, and the Wild beat them 2-1 to one or something. We'll see if it happens. I doubt it. I, I do. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'm sorry if I sound negative. Hayden Flurry. That's another Flurry. Hand injury as of Jan 3rd. Eric Sternick, upper body, Jan 3rd. Mikhail Sergeyev. Injured reserve as of December 19th. Jared Spurgeon. This sounds familiar. Jared Spurgeon, injured reserve. Sounds really familiar. Hmm, I wonder why. Marcus Foligno is out for Tuesday's Jan 2nd. Yep, yep. So his is kind of like day-to-day-ish. Vinny Letary, injured reserve. Happy New Year, Vinny. I'm sorry, man. That was on, of course, the 31st. Goals for Tampa is 7th. Wilder 23rd. Goals against Tampa's 29th. 29th. Tampa? Hmm. No wonder the record's about as identical as us. What's up with the uh, Tampa Bay Lightning anyway? They're pretty much at our level, so hopefully we win this. Interesting. Uh, Two-game series. That would be tonight, January 4th, the Thursday, and then Thursday, January 18th, two weeks from now. Okay, Coles will be previewing that next week, I guess. I guess. I don't remember. Yeah, my brain's stopping. It'd be... Two weeks, yeah, two two weeks we'll be previewing it, of course. <clears throat> Tampa is third on the power play. The Wild are 22nd. 15th in the penalty kill. The Wild are 29th. <sighs> Wonderful. Absolutely exquisite. <laughs> really, though. Seriously, it's absolutely great. I just love it. Um, Vasilevsky giving up the same goals against average as Philip Gustafson before the injury. Yeah. 294 goals against average. Jonas Johansson giving up 345. Vasilevsky right at 90 in save percentage. Jonas Johansson, 89.1. Two shuttles for Jonas Johansson. Interesting. And one for Vasilevsky. Nikita Kucherov, 63 points on the season with 27 goals and 36 assists. Victor Hedman, still a stud he is. No doubt about it. 
fourth on the team in scoring at 38 points. The Wild could sure use his help. 33 assists on the season. Two power play goals and 14 power play assists. Ten power play goals for Kucherov. Their power play is fantastic, if you didn't hear earlier. Uh, 19 assists. Again, they're third in the league in the power play. So, with the Wild, with the way while the Wild get in the, the penalty box, good luck to us. This will be a loss in a heartbeat. And it probably will be. Uh, Tampa has not been good. They are two and three in their last five. And again, their record's pretty pretty poopy. Uh, what are they? Uh, 18, 16, and five. They're kind of like us before we started losing again. Wonderful. Um, beat Washington in a shootout. Lost to Florida. Lost to New York Rangers five to one. Wow. Beat Montreal four to three, and lost to Winnipeg four to two. That sounds insanely familiar. Very familiar. I can't know. I, I don't know what's jogging that memory. I can't imagine. Um, God, oh, it'll haunt our dreams forever, right? Braden Point, that'll haunt our dreams forever, too. I can't imagine why. Look at the wild draft history. <laughs> just just look closely at the year Point was drafted and go to the exact point that he was drafted and where the wild picked. And, and yeah, it's wonderful. Just great. Um, great, just wonderful, man. Um, 23 assists, 17 goals for Braden Point. That would be... Um, 40 points total. Brennan Hagel, the bagel, with 30 points in 39 games. 10 goals, 20 assists. Bottom line, Tampa is going to win the game 4-2, to two, in my humble opinion. 4-2, to 5-2, to two, whatever. 5-3, to 4-2 to win for Tampa Bay. I think they score early and semi-often, and the wild power uh, penalty kill is beat again. That's my humble opinion. Dumb penalties and getting beat in the power uh, penalty kill, beat from the other team's power play. Yeah, especially one that's this good. And Tampa ends up winning the game 4-2. to two. Most likely guy to score for the Minnesota Wild tonight versus Tampa. <sighs> Marco Rossi. And there you go. Marco Rossi against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Let's just keep moving right along. Columbus Blue Jackets. Oh, boy. Well, 12-19-8. <clears throat> Win this game, okay? Elvis is in the building. Elvis is alive. His save percentage is 907, which is kind of good considering his goals against average is 325, which is balls. It's absolutely putrid. Uh, they've had four men in, in net at some point this season. Elvis M. <laughs> Elvis Merzlikens. He is uh, seven, eight, 7 and 8 on the season, pardon me. But uh, yeah, six overtime losses. Just snake bit. Hopefully the Wild can take care of business in a situation like that. But the save percentage is pretty impressive. It's, yeah, he's facing a lot of shots. Johnny Goudreau, I don't know. Both teams stink when you consider Calgary, but <laughs> Columbus is worse than Calgary. But uh, congratulations, Johnny, on the contract, I guess. Zach Wierenski, who'd missed a little bit of time. He's been one of the main positives, I think. He might be the most valuable player on the team this year. Uh, Provorov, the former Philadelphia Flyer, definitely uh, having a strong season, 21 points, 2 goals, 19 assists. <laughs> He's seen some power play action with six power play assists. <clears throat> Marshenko has definitely been a story in terms of goals. With 13, five power play goals for him. Goudreau, only 25 points in 39 games. I don't think he's living up to the hype at all uh, Moving since he moved to uh, Columbus. I remember he had a slow start two years ago in his final year with Calgary and then just exploded into a fantastic season. Somebody actually cut him in fantasy, and by the grace of God, I was able to pick up Johnny Goudreau via the waivers. I did have to bid, just in case, to make absolutely sure, and then he just immediately took off. It was like a miracle, and um, I still didn't win the championship, but I got real far, at least. 
He said, yeah, I know I didn't win the title since uh, spring of 19. It's been a while <laughs> since I won one of those. Um, some of you have like 19 titles. Some of you have zero, I guess. Spencer Martin, who's been the main backup in uh, 10 games started, he's 3-8. Goals against average, 3.65, 88.7 save percentage. And, yeah, we'll see what Jed Greaves can do, though. He's actually been really good. Daniil Tarasov, four goals a game mm, and four starts. Jed Greaves in two starts, 2.52, with a 93.4 save percentage. Again, looks like these guys face a lot of shots. I mean, a lot, like 35 a game or something. So, Wild are going to win this game. Uh, Columbus 1-4 and four in their last five, just a 6-5 to five win over the um, Toronto Maple Leafs. But, yeah, it's there. You, they, look at that. Even in a win, they gave up five goals. They gave up four versus Toronto earlier, four versus New Jersey, three versus Buffalo. They still they lost to Buffalo, who's not been good, and four to one loss to Boston most recently. Um, the Wild will win the game. Final score three to one. Nope, four to one. Four to one. The Wild win the game four to one. Columbus just isn't good, and I think the Wild take care of business. Uh, Boldy, multi-point game, multi-goal game. Boldy will have two goals against the Columbus Blue Jackets. I'm always kind of getting optimistic that Boldy's going to step up, and hopefully he does because he has to. He has to, damn it. Well, there's Spurgeon, who's kind of healthy there. Because <laughs> you got Calgary and Minnesota flashing on the screen right now with less than five minutes remaining in the second. Must be before he got hurt again. <laughs> yep. Um, talking with Bogosian, looked like. Um, but the, uh, yeah, Minnesota Wild win this one. Final score of 4-1, to one, believe it or not. Multi-goals for Mr. Boldy and the Wild get the job done in this one. They pepper Columbus and win the game with four goals. Congratulations. And then the Wild play Dallas twice. Oh, shoot. You know, I, I didn't look at the injury report for Columbus. I apologize. And some of the other statistics. Um, I'm kind of a mess here. I apologize. The time of the game is in the X. The Columbus game is Saturday, January the 6th in Columbus, Ohio. So I apologize here. Uh, Danilo Tarasov, illness. That'd be that backup goalie, and he's been sick in a bad way. Wierenski's on injured reserve again. What the heck? I, th I thought I just caught him. Okay, well, that's what I get. Now he's on injured reserve again. I remember he missed some time. Doggone it. Damn it. <laughs> John Curley, <laughs> injured reserve as of uh, right before Christmas there for uh, Columbus. They're 13th in goals, 31st in goals against. Yep, that sounds about right. Uh, five to four win for Columbus early in the season during Dean Everson's awful start to the season. Five to four overtime loss to Columbus in uh, X Energy Center back on October the 21st. Power play, Columbus is 25th and the penalty kill is 14th. So got those numbers out of the way. Now we get to talk about the Dallas Stars. You get the uh, home game, home game versus Dallas on Monday, and then road game on TNT in in Dallas on the 10th. That would be Wednesday, of course. So again, playing the Stars twice. What do we do in these? No idea. Jake Ottinger, week to week. Jake Ottinger, week to week. Where is Dallas right now, anyway? Oh, they're in Texas. Okay, anyhow, 22-10-4, third place in the Central. So yeah, that can explain it. That's why they've dropped off a bit. Um, no Jake Ottinger, that would make a couple of bit of sense. Hints at a hat-trick against Minnesota last year, and Jason Robertson scores every Mickey frickin' gosh-darn game he plays against the Minnesota Wild because the Kaprizov rivalry. Dallas beat us in the playoffs again, just like they did many years ago when Suter was on Minnesota back in 06, I believe. That was the Torchetti year. 
before, uh, uh, did I say 2006? 16, before Bruce Boudreaux took over. 16-17. Uh, goals four, Dallas is fourth. 12th in goals against, oh my God, oh, I just saw a nightmare. 14th in power play and third on the penalty kill. Third. They are second in penalty minutes and third in shooting percentage. I don't like to bring those numbers up, but when it's like single-digit type stuff, like top five in the league, they have to be heard. Shooting percentage, we don't usually get into that, but because it's kind of, I don't know, it's kind of what it is. Dallas beat the Wild 8-3. to Remember that? Remember that? That's when you knew what's-his-name was in big trouble. Okay, I'm sorry. Dean Evison, my, my respects. Um, he has not gotten a new job yet. I thought he'd get Ottawa, but no. I got he, he probably wanted Ottawa, but they didn't hire him. Dallas is 3-2 and two in their last five games, beating Nashville 3-2, St. losing to St. Louis 2-1, Chicago 5-4 win, Chicago again 8-1, so they scored eight goals again there, just like they did against Minnesota, and Jan the second, 4-3, that would be two days ago, 4-3 loss versus Montreal, and then the season wraps up here. Don't be surprised if Dallas gets the brooms out. Don't be surprised at all, especially with how depleted the Wild are. And, I don't know, it's just the morale's not there. The Wild hopefully can win one or two games this week. It's not an easy schedule. Beat Columbus, though. Please beat Columbus. We lost to them earlier this year, and that was bullcrap. Like, come on, don't lose to Columbus. You know, Jake Ottinger, even when healthy, his numbers have not been Jake Ottinger-like at all. What the heck? 2.93? What the heck? Scott Wedgwood, three goals a game. Jake Ottinger, 90.1. Wedgwood, 90 even. And then only one shutout for Ottinger years ago. He was phenomenal. Um, Robertson is leading the club in scoring. With 25 assists, 12 goals. Pavalski still playing and still really good. It's incredible. Uh, 14 goals, 20 assists for 34 points. And Roop Hintz, Mr. Roop Hattrick against Minnesota last year. Whew. 15 goals, 18 assists. He is leading the team in goals. Jamie Benn, the aging guy, obviously, yep, definitely aging quite a bit. He's been healthy, though, at least. 24 points in 36 games for him. Sagan, also aging. 11 goals, 15 assists, 26 points in all 36 games. Hiskinen, who was developing at one point, now he's become one of the better defensemen in the league with four goals and 22 assists, 26 total points. He's an outstanding defenseman for the Dallas Stars, but they've, they've dropped off. They're in third place. Can the Wild catch them? Uh, no. <laughs> 22, 10, and 4. I don't think so. Uh, Sam Steele, about what he was last year. 31 games, 3 goals, 7 assists, and for 10 total points. Ryan Suter. Ryan, it's all about me, Suter. 1 goal, 6 assists, 7 total points in 36 games. He has certainly dropped off a bit, and he's really old, so what do you expect? But he's still making $4 million a year, which in the NHL is a little bit more. Oh boy, what just happened? What the heck? Can't get it to stop. I am really sorry. <laughs> yeah, I uh, uh, I am really sorry about that. But things happen, right? So, yeah. Anyhow, I wanted to look up something as well here. Oh, boy. I probably can't do this. I wanted to check something really fast, and it cost me. My apologies here. Now I'm having major problems. <laughs> Sorry about this. Uh, there we go. I think I got it. Yes! Hallelujah. Yeah, pins the center. This and that. Suter's still considered a top pair, but yeah, with Hiskanen. So, I guess so. I guess. Yep, Lindell's been pretty damn good as well. He's developed nicely. 
the second pair defenseman for the Dallas Stars. <sighs> Interesting. But, uh, yeah, Ryan Suter, he still, he still gets a lot of minutes, but nothing like before. Again, I apologize for that burst of sound there. So that was kind of embarrassing. <laughs> Maybe I can X that out somehow. Um, so I think Dallas... Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say it. With the way things are going and how, yeah, just injuries and such and how the team's not playing well, it's just a bad vibe right now. Hopefully guys come back and are healthy and we have a more positive week next week. But I think the Wilds go 1-3 and three this week, which spells a sweep by the Dallas Stars, even though they're definitely beatable right now. I mean, what, what were they, 3-2 and two in their last five? They're beatable. I want to believe the Wilds can wake up and win maybe at home. I don't think we win in Dallas like we never do. What do we have, like three wins there in like 20 years or something? It's really bad. It's bad. Um, the fact Ottinger's hurt certainly doesn't help their cause. Um, so we're going to have to wait and see how that goes. Um, Wedgwood's been a net since. And yeah, he gives up three goals. He's mediocre. <clears throat> He's beatable. Jeez. Could I step out in faith and predict one win versus this club? Just to be, just to be positive, just for hope. No, I can't do it. <laughs> uh, I just can't do it. Three to two loss at home, and like a f- five to three game in Dallas. It's going to be something crazy like that. Um, in the X Energy Center, most likely guy to score in that one is going to be Faber. He's going to get his third goal of the season. And in Dallas, well, here we're going to go with uh, we're going to go with um, Marcus Johansson. How exciting! Versus the. Um, <laughs> versus the Dallas Stars, but uh, I think the Wild go 1-3 and three this week. At least we win one. I hope. Uh, don't get swept. Please don't get swept. Don't go Don't go 0-4 this week, but I think the Wild do uh, win one game, and then hopefully the upcoming week, things are a little more positive going forward. I, I just don't feel positive. I, I don't know. Dallas has just owned this team. Then we get Philadelphia, Arizona, New York Islanders, and Tampa. We might win, well, it's only three of those games. We might win one of them, or, or two. We might go 2-1. and one. But uh, we'll have to wait and see. We'll have to let that happen. Uh, We'll talk about that next week. With that said, we're going to jump into the prospects right here and right now. Starting off with Iowa, the three leading scorers of the Iowa Wild are now up with the Minnesota Wild. Nick Baton, maybe I should have picked him to score one of the goals. Uh, He had tons of assists and not many goals, and then he started scoring for the um, Iowa Wild. Now he's got a, a few assists already with Minnesota, which is pretty cool. So Kyra is like the leading goals uh, point. He's the leading goal scorer with five. Cinco. Adam Beckman tied with him with Fogarty, also with five. 14 points in 26 games. Damon Hunt's got nine, and he's still in Iowa. Eventually, it's got to just be Damon Hunt and adios to Merrill or uh, Goligoski. But, um, well, I think Hunt will be with Minnesota all year next year. In fact, I would hope so. There's a pretty good chance. Even in a limited role, of course. But I think he was with Minnesota all year next year because you got to get rid of both Merrill and Goligoski, right? You just can't. Yeah, obviously Goligoski's for sure. His contract's up, so whatever. Um, yeah, here I go looking at the contracts again. Yep, I just can't stop doing it. I can't help it. Uh, Mermis is also unrestricted free agent. <laughs> Bogosian unrestricted, so that's another potential spot. And Goligoski, where is that guy? Yeah, Merrill's up for next year. Oh, 1.2, but I don't think he plays in Minnesota next year. I mean, it just if if our if our IQ points pass 75, come on guys, you can't do it. You just can't have Merrill back next year. I don't care if there's a contract number there or not. 
I know buying out players pretty much isn't an option, even if it's only a couple, even if it's only a few hundred thousand bucks. We need those hundred thousand something, you know. We we need that six hundred thousand or whatever it would be to uh, do that. Uh, so that would just be dumb. You can't manipulate the cap too much. Uh, but yeah, Goligoski, yeah, he's off the books, blah, blah, blah. So there's going to be spots available, no doubt. So you got to think Damon Hunt is going to be back up with Minnesota. Shoot, Patan's an unrestricted free agent already. Maroon, Lucini, Connor DeWers uh, got the, uh, he's, a he's got the arbitration eligible restricted free agency along with Sammy Walker. Interesting. Very interesting. And yes, Brandon Duhame is a UFA. Complete UFA, as we knew at the beginning of the season, because the way things were structured after his uh, delay, after his, um, you know, arbitration situation, or they avoided it and this and that. <sighs> Anyhow, prospects. Prospects, Joey. Prospects, if there's such a thing. Yes, Damon Hunt is a prospect. Beckman barely is at this point. Um, that would be uh, Volstead. 11, 11 wins, 7 losses, 2.43 goals against average, and 92% save percentage. Sweeney only seven games. He's hurt every ten seconds. Man, I just I don't know. So one goal, one assist. I don't know, man. Um, Kaikovic, Kaikovic, I believe is the name. He's been solid in four games. One goal, two assists. I think I pronounced it correctly this time. Spachik, again, he's one of those guys who what he does doesn't always show up in the statute. And I think he continues to get better and better. Only 20 years of age, coming in from Columbus because his father played for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Yes, we're already at that point where Minnesota and Columbus uh, are old enough franchises where former players on your team could have sons <laughs> in the NHL or at least the AHL at this stage. Bankier has been wonderful. Um, again, coming back from injury, you know, at the beginning, you know, before the season started and all that, coming back from injury, nine games, four goals, two assists, six total points. He is. Definitely a huge positive, and remember what a big positive he was last year. Huge positive. Masters up to a little slower start, but again, defensemen seem to take longer. It just seems like it, or particularly on the offensive side. Uh, probably because he's uh, probably not in a scoring role offensively. That's part of it. But uh, Masters in 14 games, three assists for him. Good for him at the most for the most part. Carson Lambos now two goals, six assists, eight total points, and O'Rourke added another assist. Now it's seven on Le Saison. So there's some, you know, bright spots, but nothing super exciting except for probably Bankier um, when it comes to active players in the Iowa Wild right now. Bankier, Spachik, and of course uh, Volstead. Jesper Volstead are probably the three most positive possible prospects. And I talked about Simon Johansson could be uh, Johansson could be a possible um, possible third pairing for Minnesota in the immediate future. Like, not immediate, but very soon. Like, not your distant future. Uh, I talked about Hunter Jones giving up six goals in the game he got to be in. So Zane Bakatire is busy with Minnesota at the moment due to uh, the injury to Mr. Um, Gustafson. So, 1-8 and eight is McIntyre at the AHL level. 3.54 goals against average. So, if McIntyre's in there with the way he's been playing this year, whoo-wee, we could be in trouble. Where McIntyre was a wonderful veteran the last few years. This year, not so much. Pavel Novak. We will talk about the Iowa Heartlanders. Players moving all over the place, like Kajkovic and stuff. Um, Pavel Novak now five goals, three assists in ten games, eight points at the ECHL level. But you got to do something. Uh, David Svacek also uh, was in for three games in the past, like earlier in the season, just to kind of maybe hit a couple home runs and a, and a couple of extra base hits and such, and then you know to get his swing 
his timing, and then okay, now we can bring him back to the uh, <laughs> bring him back to the AHL level. Even Masters played a couple games earlier in the year, so that's always interesting. Uh, Hunter Jones was awful at the beginning of the year and got a you know got a little bit better. Peyton Jones has been the main goalie. Now it's Drew Deritter or Deritter. Interesting. Uh, okay, and Peyton Jones was called up to Minnesota. Understandable there um, to uh, be the backup. Because probably might have to see what happens between Peyton Jones and Hunter Jones with the situation there. Uh, because, yeah, Volstead was also hurt. So just absolutely wonderful. Even Volstead was hurt. So it's like, Lord, Lord, Lord. I, like, what do you do? So insanely frustrating uh, from that front. Let's get to the uh, European prospects, if humanly possible. possible. Liam Ogren. I've heard Ogren. I've heard Ogren. Whatever it is. It's, it's Liam from uh, Sweden. He is the captain of his club in the World Junior Classic, which again will be in Minnesota in 2026. Pretty cool. Two assists so far in five games in the WJC 20. WJC 20. Two assists so far in five games. Good for him. He had 11 points in the Swedish Hockey League. Or no, he's projected for that. Excuse me. Um, Danila Yurov. Everybody's obviously pumped up about him. For a good reason, playing in the KHL. Let's get this party started. Uh, not in the World Junior Classic, but 32 points in the KHL in 41 games. 13 goals, 19 assists. Just, yeah. Yep. <laughs> it's encouraging. It's insanely encouraging. I can't, like I talked about and babbled on and on. Was it like uh, two years ago when he was first drafted by Minnesota? 21 games in the KHL at like a, as a little kid, basically. No points. <laughs> it's just kind of funny. No points. And then last year, only 12 in the KHL, and he got to hit a few homers in the MHL, which is like the AHL's version of the KHL. You know, it's, yeah, if you get the idea. It's like the AAA of the KHL. 15 points in 12 games. This was That was last season, but then uh, look, look at the steps forward this year. It's just awesome. He's projected to get 20 goals and 29 assists in 62 games, 49 points. That's really, really nice jump. Huge jump as a 20-year-old playing at probably the number two level in the on, on the planet. The, the KHL is harder than the AHL, right? It has to be. Um, it has to be. You'd think uh, if he played in the AHL, he'd be a star already. And we have something there. We have something. Something to look forward to. The other Russian named Marat Huznadinov, who is projected to be a bottom six in the NHL, but a damn good one at 21 years of age, from uh, Mos Moskva, Russia. Five foot nine. What? Yeah, you get the idea. I know. I'm going on and on. <laughs> uh, Sochi, so far, 28 games, five goals, seven assists. Again, not as much of an offensive weapon, more of a defensive-minded bottom six in the NHL. As, as we look at it, and again, they're also kind of like, they're they're screwing him with his role there in Russia. St. Petersburg, six games, he didn't score a point, because they were burying him there. And Sochi, at least he's playing a little bit, um, 28 point, 28 games, 5 goals, 7 assists. So kind of like, a little less than half a point a game, and again, he's not as you know, he's not as offensive-minded as uh, Danilo Yurov, but at the same time, you know, they're, they've, they've been burying him in Russia, and that's been the complaint, that's been the conversation, where they're like, you know, <laughs> as uh, Derek Felska said, screw you, we don't have to play you. You know, that kind of attitude. <laughs> it's kind of funny. <laughs> screw you, we don't have to. 
<laughs> that was uh, hilarious. Petrovsky, Servak Petrovsky from the Czech Republic. No, he is uh, Slovakia, excuse me. Slovakia, naughty, naughty, Joey. <sighs> Very naughty, actually. Um, outstanding in the WJC. I mean, the best. The best. Outstanding, and everyone's going crazy, and they should. Five games, <clears throat> five goals, four assists, nine points. He's been outstanding for Slovakia, and uh, you kind of love what he's been doing. That is <laughs> freaking awesome. And yeah, he's a point-a-game player in the OHL. It's like, it's, he's good, but in, but, at the, but at the W World Junior Classic, when the spotlight's on him, it's like, you know, I mean, the light is shining on Petrovsky. I mean, he's got to be a, a World Junior Classic story. He's one of the best stories of the entire tournament thus far. Absolutely awesome. Not not just like Minnesota Wild Prospects, but the whole whole tournament and the World Junior Classic. That'd be prospects all over the National Hockey League and the world. So pretty damn cool to say the least. Should we check up on first off? Dare we? Yeah, he's okay. Um, <laughs> pretty much the same numbers as last year, but more goals, I guess. Yay. Uh, 45 games, he has 14 goals, 12 assists, 26 points. Those are decent numbers uh, for KHL, you know, level. Um, so, and we're not expecting him to be the superstar or anything, but I always saw him as kind of a middle kind of guy, middle six. If he made it to the NHL, he's a left winger. Definitely not a star, but at least, you know, he's productive. He's productive. He's been playing for the Torpedo. Nov, Novgorod Torpedo. Niz, Niz, ah, forget it. <laughs> I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it right. That one's a toughie. Um, but Vladislav Firstov, of course, again, still potentially could wind up with Minnesota someday. It's a long shot, but I guess you never know. Uh, we talked about all these other guys with Iowa. Nate Benoit, yeah, North Dakota, seven games, and that's it. Kyle Masters is with Iowa. Bank here, yep, outstanding. Uh, Jack Pert, they're playing again. Christmas break is over. 18 games, two goals, four assists, six total points. Nice, so providing a little extra offense since the last uh, conversation about him. Uh, so that's always a good thing. Healy with Harvard. Eight points. Again, already reached last year's total. Two goals, six assists, both categories, and only 11 games versus 34. So Healy taking steps forward. Right shot defensive. Definitely more offensive-minded and a bigger role this season. Regular Lorenz with Denver. Same thing. Not as big of a jump as Healy, though, as far as I'm concerned. But already three more points than last year, but 18 games already. Six goals, six assists. Certainly nothing to complain about. And you got to think again, a bigger role now as a sophomore with the Denver Pioneers. Hunter Haight, over a point a game. I mean, has he taken huge steps forward? I don't know. I don't know. It's about the same as last year, I think. Maybe slightly better. Slightly better, at least statistically. Um, and I'd like to believe he's stronger and more focused every year. Uh, the plus-minus is weaker. The Saginaw Spirit probably haven't been as good. So there's a bit of that conversation as well. 15 goals. 24 assists. He's almost got as many goals as last year, but yep, he's only nine games less played than last season. Jimmy Clark for the Minnesota Gophers. Well, the games keep happening and the points haven't been happening as much. Four goals, three assists in 18 games. Seven points there for Jimmy Clark. Kalen Parker, 32 games and 20 points for the right shot defenseman coming out of Sasquan. Uh, so I'm saying that goofy, but uh, 17 assists on the season. WHL or WHL. That hopefully that came out correctly. Aaron Plunk again, 20 year old, first year with the uh, Duluth veteran defenseman. You could say for college standards, 
entering his first year, 11 points, 19 games, one goal out of those for the Minnesota Duluth Bulldogs. Um, and Riley Height on pace for a bajillion points. He's got two. He's literally at two points a game. He's probably going to get well over 100. At least I would hope so. Last year, Riley Height had 97. And that was, you know, he was drafted by the Minnesota Wild after that. This is in the WHL again. The Prince George Cougars, 70 points, 22 goals, 48 assists. Plus 19 versus a minus 3 last year and a minus 20 the year before. Riley Height looking to go to higher and higher heights. Pun intended. Kumpalainen? Kumpalainen. But this is juniors, and of course, everything's on pause right now. 27 games, 27 points. Kumpalainen. Kumpalainen. I'm going to check something real quick, to be fair. I got to think. I got to think. Come on now. <laughs> My apologies. Yeah. Um, five games for Finland, but no points, unfortunately. So not quite having the Petrovsky approach. Five games he is in the way up. Yeah, and I figured. Yeah, it's like, I better yeah. five games and no points so far in the WJC. But, um, well, at least he's there. <laughs> but nothing nothing to brag about. Nothing to write home about unfortunately, which is a bummer. But uh, kind of how it goes, I guess. And Charlie Stramel, we get to wrap up with Charlie Stramel. 14 games, 5 points. We had that big weekend a few weeks back and uh, since then, I don't know, Two points, or two goals, three assists for the season so far. Charlie Stromel, mm, first-round pick. Oh, boy, don't be the Lewis Steen of the Minnesota Wild. But then again, at least he's not injured like 24 hours a day like Lewis Steen for the Vikings. But uh, we'll see what happens with that one. Um, our last few first overall first-round picks have been freaking great. And even Rossi. It took a little while, but it's looking good now. Looking damn good now uh, at the end of the day. So that should wrap up the prospects. We will come back to look at fan interaction. back here on Brave the Wild, final segment, the fan interaction segment that we all look forward to, and I do, or this is fun, uh, at Brave the Wild, at Brave the Wild, Twitter, X, X Twitter, this and that. We will open things up with Derek Pelska's uh, poll, which I continue to fail to put out myself <laughs> as well, so it's like, yeah, we, it's like we were both talking about having at least a poll a week, and then I keep forgetting. I think I have some ideas in my head, and then I just forget, stupid. Uh, anyhow, Derek Felska's poll is, what should the Minnesota Wilds 2024 New Year's resolution be? No dumb slash bad penalties, staying healthy, better special teams, or more early leads. I personally voted for better, better special teams, and I only got 12%, so I was third place. My, my vote wound up in third place. No dumb slash bad penalties. That'll certainly be a factor versus uh, Tampa tonight because they have the third power play in the league. 50%. Pretty landslide-ish there. Staying healthy, yeah, that's second place, 29.3. Uh, and, of course, you want to say all the above. I said uh, better special teams, 12.1. More early leads, 8.6. So there you go. I was saying thoughts on the nasty we could spend for the Minnesota Wild tag at hashtag BTWMN and ask as many questions comments as you'd like. Please da-da-da-da-da. Uh, so, yes, always hashtag BTWMN when you address the show just because... It helps keep things organized. I can type in that hashtag and then put, put latest and then everything's in chronological order rather than have stuff from uh, May 2021 pop up, you know, something like that. 
<laughs> so because that does happen. It it does. Jay Bushy leading off here like Chuck Knobloch for the Twins. He's going to have a leadoff home run and put us up one nothing. Sounds good to me. Jay Bushy says Boldy needs to step uh, step up even more now with all the injuries. Oh yes, just like last March when he was awesome. Uh, the last couple of games haven't been good for him. What does he need to do to play more consistent and score? It's kind of plain and simple. He needs to want it, I, I think. I shouldn't say plain and simple, but uh, he needs to want it. Obviously, easier said than done, that type of thing. But just kind of have that, yeah. He's got to have that killer instinct. He's got to have that desire. Like, don't just say you want it. Go out and bleep and want it, like uh, Bruce Boudreaux used to say. Maybe Boldy needs to hear from Boudreaux a little bit. Don't just say you want it. Go out and effing want it. That kind of thing. So, I can imagine John Hines saying something along those lines, even though Hines is probably a little bit more mild than uh, Bruce Boudreaux. But, uh, I don't know. I like John Hines. Dang it. This is definitely not his fault. I don't love John Hines, but I like him. I like him. I think he's kind of common sense, you know? You know, if that makes sense. But, yeah, go out and bleep and want it. For, for, for me, that's what it is, because he definitely has the skills. And... Well, I mean, him and Johansson have had chemistry at times, but he also he also could play with Capri... Oh, wait, no, not that guy. <laughs> oh, oh, it sucks. Um, and, I, and the lines keep freaking changing. Oh, jeez, i got to change this. i got to fix this now. Yeah, I'll oh, just hit back. That might be easier. Duh. Uh, so, yeah, Boldy, Erickson, I can Johansson. That's what I thought. That's who I thought he's with, yeah. Those are competent teammates in terms of getting him the puck, I think, for the most part. I mean, and who else is he going to be with? Other than possibly Rossi. You might see Rossi uh, centering that line as well in different situations. So, um, but Rossi and Hartman and uh, Nick Patan have been good. You know, I didn't even give out awards for the last uh, week. Ryan Hartman will bring in the um, um, Mike Madonna Award, even though I'm, I don't like giving Ryan Hartman awards very much, but <laughs> he's kind of like a Matt, he's kind of like a nicer Matt Cook. As far as I'm concerned, with the injuries and such, it's you know, or the, you know, you know, with the penalty uh, fines and such, and the dumb penalties, he's kind of he, he kind of reminds me of the guy. But um, I'm not the hugest fan of Hartman, but I certainly don't hate him or anything. But uh, he had a pretty good week, to be fair. Ryan Hartman will bring in the because uh, I mean Eck didn't really have any points, and Boldy was, you know, so Ryan Hartman brings in the Madonna. And the um, <laughs> James Shepard Memorial Popcorn Maker should be making popcorn, and that should be John Merrill. Yeah. Um, he, again, he looked like my mom trying to pretend to push a trailer when he was pretending to try to stop on, you know, need a writer, as far as I'm concerned. So that's out of the way. Sorry for that super late uh, award demerit thing. Yep. So that kind of got me going <laughs> there a little bit. Yeah, Boldy, though. Absolutely. The Derek Felska lightning round had the return of da da. There it is. Kaboom, kaboom, right? <laughs> Derek Felska says, uh, have, and again, he does the Crease and Assist podcast, Crease and Assist Minnesota Wild show. The more Minnesota Wild action you listen to, the better, especially if it's us too. Absolutely. Uh, with Kalisha Townsville and Teresa Ferry's outstanding show. And I'm going to keep saying that because it is. It is. Uh, you know, <laughs> and the good sense of humor. Hopefully I bring that as well to the show. Uh, love having the retro game music. Uh, I, I hope that keeps my show fairly unique compared to others, I guess, with the retro video game uh, soundtrack and all, all, all that added to the show. Though I did get a tiny bit of flack a year ago, and it was like, I, I, I don't know, why would you hate it? It's one thing if you hate, like, Justin Timberlake, because he's annoying, or any other, like, artist out there. 
Like you might have an opinion. I don't like this person. He's annoying and his music sucks or her, her music sucks. Retro game music, you hate it? Why? <laughs> I, I just found that weird. Anyhow, to Derek, have injuries finally compelled this team to do what it should have done for a while and simply bottom out and take a lottery pick? Maybe painful, but even if players get healthy, the team will be farther behind and with less time for a comeback. What say you? I say yes. I say yes. We're, we're, we're kind of like the Vikings right now. They're, they're not going to go anywhere. They're not going to go anywhere, and there's, there's too many injuries. I, I just, call me negative, call me the, you know, the typical Minnesota negative fan, but no, I think there's typical Minnesota sensitive fan. You wouldn't believe the Timberwolves fan base. You know, like, like for, how, how dare anybody bring up the fact that they've, they've been kind of falling into bad habits. Well, they've, they, what have they gone? Like three and, uh, what have they lost? Three out of their last four, the Timberwolves? How dare I, how dare I or like other fans bring up that they're kind of falling into some bad habits that we need to just get over it and move on. They won. Like they won a game by like a point against, uh, uh, you know, and, and there was a call against uh, LeBron James on a three-point shot that probably should have counted as a three versus a two. Game might have ended, ended differently. And to get over it and move on? Okay. <laughs> sure. The Lakers aren't real good, by the way. So I know wrong topic and Tim Rule's explosion is a Tim Rule's podcast, but, you know, it's all kind of relative. Like, how dare anybody be negative? But no, we're going to be negative because there's a lot of injuries. Um, and dare I say, there's some <laughs> the meanest statement of all you could say about a person. There's dead weight on this team. There's dead weight in the defensive pairings. And you can probably guess two players right out of the gate. I don't need to say their names 55 times. And of course it's painful. Like the Calgary game, the 3-1, three, three to one, just blech, you know. Was that fun to watch? No. I mean, it's on the screen right now. It's, it's just the shot blocked, a shot saved by Markstrom, and it wasn't an exciting play at all. It's just, eh, you know, it is what it is. The puck's flying back down the ice the other direction. Okay, we got it back, and now we try to, uh, another attempt. Nope. You know, it's just, it sounds about right. Or like we're knocking pucks in against our goalie ourselves. Like, it's just ridiculous. Anyhow, next one. How well do you think Minnesota's, uh, yep, that's the female, uh, at the PWHL official squad will do in his inaugural season? What do you think, who do you think will be their leading scorer? Uh, I have to admit, I, I'm not right up on it. Uh, I'm, I'm going to admit about that. But um, let's just say, I believe there's a few former Gophers on there, and uh, that's where I would lean. So let's just say I have some catching up to do on that at the end of the day. So, yeah, um, uh, sometimes I have a hell of a time even keeping up with this show in general. So it's kind of how it is. But I do think it will be one of the former Gophers. Uh, will they do well? Yeah, I think they're going to be very competitive. I remember the uh, uh, Whitecaps won the championship in the inaugural season. It was a trophy with, like, no, you know how it has those little... Um, what are they, little tags where they in, uh, um, engrave people's names and such and the team and everything. Um, it was empty. I remember when they won the... It, it could be, it could wind up that way, so hopefully. <laughs> we'll see what happens there. Um, I do believe they're unnamed still, which is really weird. Like, they're already playing, but they don't even have a name yet, so it's just... That's kind of strange. Maybe I'm completely ignorant, and, but that is weird. Um, it's kind of like, 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 what happened to the Whitecaps anyway? It's kind of sad. It seems like Finances always get in the way and such. Um, next. 
have the Minnesota Wild so-called tough guys, number 17 and 20. That'd be Maroon and uh, Felino out there, <laughs> of course. Have they done enough to protect the team? If they're not able to protect our skilled guys from uh, opponents taking liberties, then why have them on the team? I agree with that. Especially, see, like Felino, would I want him to be a captain? No. No. Because not only like is this, is this stuff still happening, but at the same time, when Felino does kind of start going after people, he goes off the handle and it kills us. Like one time, it, it kind of sort of worked against Dallas in Game 3 last year. But ever since then, it was like embarrassing for Felino. So I definitely do not want to see Felino as a captain uh, for sure. But no, that's a good one right there. Uh, next one, does Dean Evison get an NHL head coaching job next season or will he have to wait or become an assistant coach or minor league coach again to get another opportunity? I think he will be an NHL coach next year. I think, you know, because he he, he did have enough success that I think somebody's going to give him a chance. As to where, I have no idea. To be quite fair, maybe Buffalo. I don't know. Maybe I'm full of crap saying that, but maybe the Buffalo Sabres. That's just kind of uh, throwing an idea out there, and uh, maybe he wouldn't want that, though. Jordan Greenway, ugh. But but at least you'll have Alex Tuck and uh, what's that other guy's name? Um, Thompson, so... <laughs> I wouldn't mind having those two guys, Tuck and Thompson, to to work with for sure. But that's just kind of, I guess, just a random guess. Maybe like a Buffalo. That team, I don't know why they're not better. It's weird, other than I guess having bums like uh, Jordan Greenway on the team certainly don't help. And what's that other guy where they gave up to them? Yost. It's like <laughs> some scrappy players. The Sharks and the Buffalo Sabers have kind of been our, you know, how you have like a, <laughs> how you have like the uh, the. Uh, the trash bin or whatever on your computer. That's kind of what's been happening with the Sharks and the <laughs> the Sharks and the Buffalo Sabres. Next, uh, should the Minnesota Wild call up Yes, but a Volstead now, or should they let him simply carry the Iowa Wild and the Thief, Thief River Falls native Zane McIntyre fill in his Flurry's backup? Well, we hope to hear Gustafson's uh, return eventually. What do you think is best? I would love to see Jesper Volstead, but I think I'm going to go with what some other people are saying. Like, and I think, uh, I'm guessing Derek feels the same, but I'm not sure. Uh, and yes, Volstead is injured as well. That's another thing, which makes it even worse. Um, Emin Johan wants to give him a few tries as long as he's healthy. Yeah, see, there, there it is. And then Morty says, uh, keep him cooking in Iowa. The team isn't good right now. Yeah, I'm kind of leaning that way, where it could hurt things. If If the circumstances were different... Like, say, both Iowa and Minnesota were doing real well and they had a nice situation in Iowa and that uh, the Wild were just, you know, were doing fantastic and we weren't giving up uh, a lot of chances and such. I'd probably lean towards it being okay. Otherwise, maybe Wally or Wallsteed will be the, uh, will be the, um, uh, at, at least the backup next year with Gustafson, I think, or like a platoon type of deal. That's my guess. So that was cool. Next, uh, with Canada out of the running in the 2024 I, I, uh, ILHF uh, Under-20 World Junior Championships, which nations do you think comes away with the gold, silver, and bronze medals this year? Yeah, it's crazy that Canada's out, aren't they, in the World Junior Classics? Minnesota's going to, or Minnesota, USA definitely, with the way they've been playing, is going to get a medal. I think Minnesota wins something. Oh, boy. I keep saying Minnesota. I'm so dumb, aren't I? I'm crazy. USA is going to get the... I think USA gets the gold. 
I think USA gets the gold. Maybe I'm crazy, but uh, that's my belief. Um, that's my belief at the end of the day. Because, I mean, they've been kicking some super butt. So uh, that's the exciting part. <sighs> yeah, 11 and 3. No, we're 3 and 1. Excuse me. 3 and 0. Oh. Yeah, we've been fantastic. 3 and 0. Oh. Yeah, we just started. Uh, Slovakia, I think, is going to be in there. Petrovsky, Sweden. Those are probably your, your teams, <laughs> in, as far as I'm concerned. Um, yeah, IIHF, IIHF, not L. Why did I say L? <laughs> I'm taking an L there, right? Uh, Sweden's obviously a threat at times, but no, they're not going to get it. And Norway's been bad. Germany, huh? USA takes the gold. USA takes the gold. Uh, Sweden takes the silver, Slovakia, bronze. What do you think of that? So, yeah, that's what I'm, that's what I'm going with for now. Uh, yeah, USA is going to win the gold. I, I think they've just been absolutely freaking dominant. And it's a beautiful thing. Sweden, silver, Slovakia, bronze. In my opinion, Slovakia, bronze. But USA, gold. USA, USA. And it's I know it's homerish, but dude, they're, they're, uh, they've been awesome. So, uh, looks like this is it. Uh, which Minnesota wild player was the biggest hidden gem in the franchise history? Maybe the past are currently playing. Which NES game do you think is the biggest hidden gem in that console's history? NES. Okay, so NES, biggest hidden gem. Whew. Ooh, boy, this might take a little bit of thought. So, uh, biggest hidden gem in Minnesota wild history. Uh, there was a time you could have said Spurgeon. But then again, I guess hidden would mean they're not as uh, up in your, you know, they're not as... Uh, boy, this might take some serious thought. Uh, there, were, there were players that I'd have in the past... I have to say this guy for Minnesota. And doggone it if it wasn't for something called MS. And it's a guy we t uh, talked about a bit. Uh, off the mic, Josh Harding. Josh Harding is like a hidden gem. Um, it took a little while for him to get going, but it seemed like every time he got to play, like in his early days, was against Detroit when they were outstanding on the road. And then we'd lose like 2-1. to one. He'd be freaking unbelievable against Detroit when they were like the best team in the league still. Um, they were elite, like still Stanley Cup contender. He'd face like 40 shots and give up two goals, and we'd lose one nothing, two nothing. You know, like you know, two nothing. It was two goals. You get the idea. But it'd be a really low-scoring game, and the offense just wouldn't help. It was bleeping, bleepity, bleep, bleep. And then when Harding became suddenly became the main guy, because Backstrom was hurt with like 99th time of his career. Um, Harding was off the charts. He was uh, he was a Venza candidate. He was awesome. And then MS took over. Just bleeping sad. Heartbreaking. So for me, the hidden gem for the Minnesota Wild is Josh Harding. Um, there's other players you could come up with, for sure. Um, for sure, there's, there's yeah, I mean, Gabrick? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> Definitely not that guy. He wasn't hidden. Um, and he got frustrating at times as well. Uh, it's, it's Harding. Because people don't really think about Josh Harding, especially now. At the time, yeah, he had that great year. But, I mean, it was like, you know... Right after that, it's kind of like we didn't really hear about him anymore. <sighs> Biggest hidden gem in NAS history. See, for Super Nintendo, I think it's Secret of Evermore. So I'm like, I'm cheating a tiny bit, but I'll go back. Secret of Evermore for Super Nintendo, because who talks about Secret of Evermore? Nobody. It, it's a secret, right? And I, I think it's it's a top five all-time game, in my opinion. It's that good. Love that game so much. Plus, it's it's just kind of my personality. Kind of, kind of, kind of dry sense of humor. 
kind of dorky, but you know, dorky, dry sense of humor all throughout the game, and I love it. Um, Earthbone obviously was a massive hidden gem, but it's not anymore. It's not a hidden gem. It's it's on a pedestal now. So it was it was that, but Evermore has maintained that. For the NES, oh man, there's so many tough ones. There's toughies. I think Mickey Mouse Capade is a game people don't talk about, and I really enjoy it. I'm trying to think if I did a game review on it. So Video Game Flashback, of course, is a retro video game podcast. See, like, my mind blanks. It's like, oh, man, I, I could talk about it all day, which game is, you know, a great gem. And then and then my mind just stops, and I'm, like, put on the spot suddenly. <laughs> but being put on the spot is a good thing. It makes you think. And then we get the infamous loading. So I did combat, Mickey Mouse, da, 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 Mega Man 2 and 3, DuckTales. Those are definitely not hidden gems. They're not, because they were up in the front of everybody. Okay, here's a really, really, well, but that's not NES. Shoot. <laughs> Sega Master System, Castle of Illusion. That's a hidden gem for that system. I mean, who talks about Castle of Illusion for Sega Master System? They usually think of, um, what do they call it? Sega Genesis. So, Deja Vu, that was a hidden gem. For NES, what, what was I thinking a minute ago? Mickey Mouse Capade? I mean, I know that might sound like a lamer choice. But, I mean, it, it's the NES. It's not so much the the others. There's some there's some other fantastic ones, and if I come up with a better one, I'll bring it up. But for right now, I think Mickey Mouse Capade, just, I, I get so many wonderful memories when I play that game. See, 1943 isn't a hidden gem, really. Like, a lot of people have heard of that one. Nobody talks about Mickey Mouse Capade uh, much, even though it was a Capcom game. But, like, right after that, like, you know, like two years later, you had DuckTales and Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That completely... Like, you know, like, you know, like for, for Disney game, Disney action platformer games, totally, like, those two totally took over that mantle, and you never heard about Mickey Mouse get paid really again after that. Um, I think it's a hidden gem, no doubt. So, I mean, I, I could still play that anytime, no doubt. Uh, with that said, thank you so much, Derek. That was awesome, awesome, awesome uh, lightning round. Jay Bushy, wonderful to hear from you as well. Um, really awesome. So, uh, with that said... Hope all of you had a nice uh, New Year. Hopefully, uh, so <laughs> hopefully, good things happen for all of us this upcoming year. Be it a job promotion, a really nice raise, uh, maybe maybe you're maybe you're single and you you know you want to meet somebody special, that type of thing. So who knows? Like whatever it is, I hope it's a wonderful year uh, for all of us. Uh, shout outs, of course, to Minnesota Wild Global, Minnesota Wild Nation, uh, Scott Cavendish for Global. Patrick Turner for Wild Nation. Um, major shout-out to MNW, Young Guns, Pavel Burnett, Justin Baki. Awesome, awesome guys. Uh, Minnesota Wild Young Guns, also known as uh, Minnesota Wild Prospects, or MNW Prospects. Huge shout-outs to you guys. Thank you so much for being uh, great friends and such. Of course, Derek Felska, Creases his podcast. Uh, Seth Hoopal, Minnesota, or uh, excuse me, Lockdown Minnesota Wild. You know, I'm a fan. I'm a fan. So I'm just being honest. Uh... So in case he's listening. With that said, hope all of you have yourself a uh, nice week and the Minnesota Wild end up being better than my initial prediction. Until next time, take care and God bless.